Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the HP Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Here with me, another just two lonely boys club here, Ben. Hi. What's up? I'm lonely. Very lonely. There's no Phil, no Brandon to warm the left side of your body next to you. <laughs> you only have me on this side, which That's is, right. you know, um, I can't, I can't fulfill everything. It's something, but it's, it's something. It's not like it should be. Ben, how are you? Are you today? I'm doing good. Yeah, getting caught up on uh, everything else in life from being away from PAX. Still very behind. Yeah, but you know, getting there. Yeah, I'm a little behind as well. I mean, not so much at work, but on different other projects uh-huh. and things I have to do, and so, and I'm also just really tired. Really? So I don't even want to do that stuff. Don't want to yeah. do anything. Just want to lay around. Being tired is the worst. But, you know, it's okay. There's coffee. I think I have um, been tired for so long that I don't even recognize it anymore. Literally years. Yeah. So it's probably not healthy, but it's okay. If if I lived my life by doing things only that were healthy, mm. things would be a lot different. It's fair enough. <laughs> I feel like surprisingly, though, uh, I feel like I slept better at PAX than I did Last night. Yeah. I don't know if it's just all the exhaustion at this point just hitting me now that I'm at home or or what. It could be that. It could be, you know, it was different weather there. Brandon wasn't in my bed anymore. Well. So that might be one thing. Brandon being in your bed is definitely good for sleep from what I understand. Let's be clear. Ever since Brandon and I first started going on trips, we'd always ended up sleeping in the same bed. Uh-huh. Because usually, well, most of the other ones, there's only one bed. Right. And now it's just customary. I have to. Well, it's still a necessity pretty much. Well, I <laughs> could have slept on the floor with Cam. Yeah, you could have. But I ain't sleeping on the floor. There was no reason to. No. In fact, I think someone should have cuddled up in your bed with you. I was okay with that. Well, could have had a time of your life with Dave. <laughs> and you uh, you missed out. <laughs> I never sold anyone they couldn't. Just That's... that Phil and I both tend to not want to sleep. I would rather sleep on the couch than sleep with someone else. And when we walked in, Phil just put his stuff on the couch, so mm-hmm. I took the bed. Ben, since we don't have a lot to talk about as far as news and stuff, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about PAX. Yeah. Or not really a couple, but without talking about games, because we'll get to that later, how was PAX for you on a personal level? <clears throat> I got to say, this is going to sound like I was disappointed, but I wasn't. PAX was a lot different for me this year because most of my time was spent editing pieces or um, going off to private appointments. And that took up a lot of time that I could have been on the show for. So for me, this is probably the least amount of time. This is my fourth PAX. Um, this is probably the least amount of time I actually spent on the show floor. Yeah. I didn't get to two specific, like two of the four corners of the entire convention center. I didn't even go near them until the last day. Yeah. Um, because we had a lot of appointments and I was doing a lot of editing. So it was fulfilling in a different way than normal. I didn't get to play as many games, but I got to read and edit about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and also, I think I would just do it differently in the future. Yeah, I was actually thinking, we we have a Catch-22 because usually the way we schedule our appointments is that we kind of front load mm-hmm. the event. And then by the end, we're most of us are free without anything. I was thinking, like, man, Thursday is the least busy day. Maybe that should be the day that we try to keep open because then it maximizes. But 
Catch-22 is, you want to get the content out right. as soon as it starts. We definitely got a few pieces out before anybody else had content on those games and a couple videos that did that have done very well. Uh, so it is it is good in that sense, but maybe I should just only focus on games there would be no chance of us getting to check out on later days. Yeah. Bigger games, you know. But You know, I... I really enjoy front-loading the content or the, the appointments because... Like, you know, that does give us a leg up. We do get to get stuff out earlier. And a lot of times, like, I'm not saying we're in this business to help developers. Like, that, our job is to report on games. Yeah. That's cool. But there are games that we checked out on day one and wrote about immediately and put something out that I'm positive didn't would not have been receiving attention otherwise. Mm-hmm. And there were people that actually specifically said to us, like, hey, so-and-so said they saw your thing and came and saw our game. Oh. So like that's cool. That's, yeah, that's neat. I that is an interesting point. Yeah, we're not in business to help developers, but I think it's a awesome thing that does happen out of it. Right. We're just here to be objective. Yeah. And I mean, nobody's completely without bias, obviously, but we're here to be objective. And if we make a friend in the process, that's great. If we find an amazing game and get to tell a bunch of people about it in the process, that's great. Sometimes we do have to tell people we didn't think this game was good, but here are the ways that you might if you enjoy these things. And I so. think we've t- in times of potential, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We, if we're c- close to the developer, we've done some things to make sure that the people aren't personally connected that are reviewing it. Yeah, I mean, there was a game last year that came out that we're friends or at least friendly, you know, yeah. we, we were friendly then. I think we're friends now with a developer. And so we made sure to assign someone on the team that had never met them or spoken to them to review that game yeah. and, you know, took off all expectations. So like, it's important to be, have integrity and in, in you're reviewing and covering these types of things. Um, but it's really nice when you can, when, when a game is good and then you can signal boost it all the time. Now, Ben, something that I noticed every PAX, but I especially was thinking about this year, was the things that people are excited about and wait in line for Mm -hmm. baffle me. Yeah. And I want to share this because I know there's probably many listeners that have never been to a show like this. Uh There's a lot of booths that are, they might have games that are already out or they're not focused on promoting a new game. For example, the Mixer booth from Microsoft. Yeah. They have stations where you can play Fortnite and be on this big stream. Uh-huh. And there's a line, a huge line to play Fortnite. Yeah. And to be a part of this thing. I'm like, why though? Was there, I don't know if it was a, a chance to potentially win something. And it's sometimes it's not even that. I've seen people line up for games to play something that it's like there's no reason to no play this reason, other yeah. than you're getting 10 minutes to play a game for not even free because you paid to get in. Right. So I don't understand some of those either. There are other ones that I do understand, like for instance, Brahalla. Oh yeah. How many years has Brahalla been at PAX? We don't particularly want to devote a lot of time to it since we're there to cover new or stuff that's unreleased. But like they have a huge group of people around and I don't know, maybe they give away prizes or whatever, but people can compete and they have an announcer. Um it's always kind of a a big spectacle. And I'm just like Guys, this game, like, if you don't want to buy it, okay, but this game's on sale. Like, yeah. you can get it at home. I think it's free. Yeah. Free to play. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's definitely some some peculiar elements of packs like that. There's a lot of waiting in line to buy stuff. 
Yeah. Which I can also understand because a PlayStation experience, I've waited in line to buy stuff. Well, at it wasn't one point. the first thing you did. No, it wasn't the first thing I did. So when you go to the PAX, you buy passes per for each day, usually. Yeah. Most people do. Um, are there whole event passes or not? No. Okay. There's only passes for each day. And people go, sometimes only go one day, and then the first thing they do is wait in a two-hour line to buy merchandise for the event that they haven't even seen yet. Yeah. That's very baffling to me. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not knocking it. I understand why people would like it. But I just, if I'm paying to get into a, an event, I'll buy the merch online. I don't want to make a statement about for or against scalping. True. But... At PlayStation Experience, yeah. the first thing you did was got in line and bought a lot of the event exclusive merchandise. Yeah. You could pay for your trip there. You could. If you flipped it. Yeah. So if I can't knock it if that's your you way. Think that's of, what most people are doing though. Not at PAX. Not at PAX. I'm just thinking, yeah, you know, in, in general for that. But yeah, so as far as other stuff about PAX, Ben, I wanted to ask you who you thought not about games again, but who had some of the coolest booths? That's one of my favorite elements mm. is seeing the big budget booths. Yeah. It's not quite E3 level, uh-huh. but the, I always feel like there are some really creative things. There are. Um, this kind of goes back to what I said before about not getting to see a lot of the floor except for going to appointments. So yeah, some of it may be escaping me. Um, I mean, Oculus had a really cool setup. They had the you know all these private rooms, which you kind of need to since it's yeah. VR and you're blind while you're playing. Um, they had like two big sections set up that were re- that were pretty neat, just yeah. the, the way they were able to be visible to the public and everything. Um, I was gonna say Sony because of their Days Gone exhibit, but you know what? I'm tired of zombies or whatever you want to call them. Right. They were just trying to scare people, and I know some people like to be scared. Just stay away from me with the zombies. The thing I do appreciate about PAX is the zombies had to stay behind the cage in the exhibit. Yeah. They weren't allowed to roam the floor like they were at E3. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but still, it's a spectacle, so that's neat. Um, what else? Who else had big booths? I My instant thing, shout out to Enter the Gungeon. Yeah. Because cool. they had, it, was, it wasn't a large booth per se. It was one couch. But it was a giant, it looked like a portal. Right. Like on the like it was basically like a wall. And in this portal was a giant screen a, that made it look circular. I'm sure it was square, but it looked circular. You played the game while looking through this giant portal. Right. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Very creative use of the space. Uh, you know who else had a creative use of the space was, oh, what's the name of that game? Earth Defense Force. Yes. They had a ball pit. <laughs> they did have a ball pit. Now, they had women, female people, yes. uh, who were there dressed in ways that would not typically be seen by exhibitors. Well, and th- a few years ago, PAX said no more booth babes, because like a while ago, they, they let booth babes there. And that, yeah. I'm using booth babes as a, the common lingo, not as my lingo. Like, this yeah. is what people have called them for years. Right. And... I think you probably could have classified them under this. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like really short shorts yeah. and tank tops. Yeah. I remember seeing it and thinking, mm, they're definitely walking the fine line based on what packs allows and doesn't. Right. But the, there's an update to this, though. Yes. Because I don't know when it's, the switch happened, but at some point during the week, we, the week, they had leggings on. Yes. So... I said to you, surely a conversation happened. 
yeah. there. And of course, this is not a, a judgment on what you wear or don't wear or whatever, but I know PAX has certain standards, even for cosplayers, that they want you to follow. Yeah. And so I have a feeling PAX probably said, hey, this is not really in line with what, like, with what we want. Yeah. This may make some parents uncomfortable because people do bring their small children to PAX and stuff like that. So it was, I mean, I thought, I still thought the outfits, whatever, were fine. I, it, it wasn't offensive or anything, but it was certainly a change from every other booth you saw where that booth babe kind of mentality has gone away long ago. I feel like it's probably just for the better. Kind of tacky, honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. they, there was, um, Hey, our game is maybe it's good. Maybe it's not, but it, we have attractive women here. So you should come play it. Like that's just, no. yeah. And that, well, specifically not a lot of booths are actively trying to hand out stuff. Right. And so they were like, Hey, come out, check out our game. You know, like, yeah, actively trying to reach out. Now I'm sure it was effective. So, oh yeah, in 2011, when Duke Nukem Forever oh, was my. at PAX, oh my, that was quite the interesting, yeah, exhibit because you know Duke Nukem is a, uh, what's the word? Misogynist, misogynist pig. Yeah, and his games are as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I as far as some of the other cool booths, Dead Cells had like kind of a castle set up. Uh-huh. Which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I'm, uh, Heave Ho, which is a newly announced game from that's going to be coming out from Devolver. Um, Devolver always has this big screen that they put one of their games up on, but I thought it was particularly cool that Heave Ho, a brand new announced game, was up there. And it's the kind of game that you really need to see to understand how it works. Yeah. So I think that was a good thing for them. Here's the thing. I'm going to make a hot take here, Ben. Yep. Worst booth, yep. Nintendo. I know. On multiple reasons, but I want to highlight one. So Nintendo has a booth that some of it faces inward towards like the block, right, of booths. Uh But this year in particular and other years in the past, they have a stage that's facing outwards towards one of the main walkways up and down the entire convention Mm -hmm. hall. And... They decided to do like Smash Brothers and giveaways there. Yeah. So regularly throughout all the days, that area was just impassable because of all the people lined up to either try to win something or check out Smash or something. Right. I don't know why PAX even lets them do it that way because it's extremely inconvenient. Yep. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what they were thinking there, but. Every other booth has to have like lines and they have to be capped and there has to be tape on the floor. And I don't know. You know, something else interesting is that a lot of people, they talk about the PAX pox. Uh-huh. One of our team members is, is sick, actually. Yeah. Yesterday I told you I thought I was getting sick. Uh-huh. I think I was just hot and tired. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. Like I was feeling very exhausted from carrying around my backpack and uh-huh. like my shoulders were achy. And I was wearing a hoodie, and I was very warm on the plane. Yeah. And so I think I thought that I was getting a fever and was achy, but I was really just tired. I almost never feel like I'm getting sick. It's just one day I am sick. <laughs> yeah. I I can understand that. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about as far as pack? I want this to just be free flow. I Any feel, other things that stick out to you? So right now, uh, we have over 40 pieces of content from the week. Um there are probably others with that much content out there, but we definitely put out a lot more than I was expecting, first of all, but also than I have seen many other outlets do. So I'm proud of our team for that. Um, 
we have more coming as well. And we've got some, I mean, we've got some pretty sweet stuff that's out there. And yeah, um, encourage you to check it out on our website and you and YouTube with our channel and stuff like that. It's interesting. And I, yeah, shout out, shout out to the team Mm -hmm. because I know that I felt this and I feel like everyone on our team did that we all did so much work. But at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I could have done this or should have done this. Right. I'm still thinking that like, yeah. man, I wish I could have done X, Y, Z video. And it's like, I don't really know how much more capacity we had able to do. Cause I mean, we did have fun. Yeah. Let's be clear. We went to, to parties. Well, did we just go to one party? I think we just went to one party. We just went to one party and you know, we went out to dinner and stuff and relaxed. Got to but, see our boys from OKB at dinner. Yeah, that's right. So, but so, what am I trying to say? We did we did relax some, but even when we were at home, we were working and stuff. And I just felt like constantly like wanting to do more. Sure. And I I feel like that was the same for Phil, Dave, and Brandon. And Cameron. So Cameron, yeah. yeah, everyone. Cameron, man, did well above and beyond. Only only on the team for like six weeks now, and he's already already fitting right in with the work ethic. So yeah, it's good to know. But yeah, overall, I mean, as far as site, it went it went very well, and it was cool. Yeah, E three coming up quick. E three, dude, I can't wait. I think that we're gonna be able to do a lot of cool videos. And for anyone listeners out there, I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts or suggestions about our event coverage. If you've been following, let us know. Either send us a direct message or email us at con- contact at handsomefandom dot com because. I'm always curious about what you like and what you don't like and what we can do that. So the next event, we can do more of that. Yeah. The videos, I think, hit it off more, way more than I expected. Sure. I don't know if it was like properly tagged right or we hit the right games at the right time. I think I think all the above. Yeah, it definitely was was good. So, Ben, yeah. now that PAX is over, what are you dreaming of? You hit me with that so fast. You don't even I know. don't even know. You don't even know. No, dude. what I am dreaming of is like I got to play some games this weekend and I got to um I got to uh experience some some cool things, but I didn't really get to actually play games. You know, you get to play games for 10, 20, 30 minutes at most. Yeah. Just a little slice. You get the developer talking to you, which is great, but also like you can't focus on the game. You got all these crowds around. I'm excited to just get back, play some games on my own. Nobody talking to me unless I'm playing with them. Uh, you know, just kind of chill out. And then I'm ex- very excited for some of these games that we previewed to come out and get to play them either for review or just for fun and uh, just kind of relax and, and play some games old school style. This isn't my dream, but I want to comment on yours uh-huh. related. You were talking about some of these games that we played and that we're excited to play them eventually. Yeah. One of them, Katana Zero, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing we're going to get that like next couple days right it's is that april early april i don't remember the date but i know we're getting it so yeah, yeah. that's exciting it's cool it we we talked about it's like we get excited for all these games at pax uh-huh. and then we can't play them right when we get home we get home and it's like oh what am i gonna play <laughs> yeah. so my dream i don't i don't really know what my dream is this week um right now i would like to get just a good good nap in uh-huh and naps i really are, naps will kill you they probably will honestly um my dream is that when i play 
Sekiro again this week. I'm just not completely shit at oh, it. That's a really good point. <laughs> to be honest, Ben, yeah. I'm thinking like maybe I should just restart the whole game. Right. Is what I thought. Honestly, that's not a, that's not the worst idea you ever had. Because it won't take as long because I know where to go, what to do. So yeah. in the bosses, I've got hopefully at least some of the flow down. So I don't know. It's, I, I'm not going to do that right off the bat. I'm going to try to jump back in and see what happens, yeah. but it is good. It's going to be rough. Yeah. Very rough. I agree. I'm not prepared to go back into it, but I know I need to. Ben, are you ready for this week's very serious question? I am. Ben, what's the best flavor of Pop-Tart? We've we've had this discussion in the last week, and I'm really disappointed you would ask me after you already know my answer. I can't remember, honestly. It's prob- I have numerous that I really enjoy. Yeah. But the one I can always go to and never have to think about if it's going to be good or not is mm. s'mores. Mm. It's great with milk. It's the the pop tart itself. The the outside is um you know just like uh, pretty much the graham crackers you use. It's got all the right flavors mixed together. S'mores is the bomb. It'll give you diabetes, mm. but it's worth it. Mm. It's probably not worth it. Don't take that as literal advice. Now. I will comment about the best Pop-Tart flavor, uh-huh. but I'd like to make comments about other flavors. Okay. Now, what do you think of s'mores specifically? S'mores is fine. You've had it? Yes. Okay. I've had it. It is low on my choice list, mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not knocking it. Have you ever had it warmed up? Yes. Okay. Of course. Just making sure. Yes. I'm not as much into the chocolatey Pop-Tarts, yeah. and that leads me into my first point here. Kellogg's enough with some of these flavors yeah you got cookie dough ice cream whatever just stop but people buy them i don't care if people buy them it's fucking wrong okay enough we need to go back to basics with pop tarts you think brown sugar and cinnamon well clearly the best flavor is brown brown sugar cinnamon yeah it is iconic it It is is. classic and that's one of the ones i would say is in my top three probably okay good i can See, I, I'm not willing to say s'mores is in my top three, but I respect it as much as a top three. Nice. It's a personal choice right. level for uh, the s'mores. But no, brown cinnamon sugar is is a 10 out of 10. And tell me if you think this is blasphemy. When I would go on trips to like music festivals or whatever, we'd have for everybody big packs of Pop-Tarts. So I could get s'mores, not s'mores, brown cinnamon sugar and a strawberry, mm-hmm. I would mix and match mm-hmm. and eat two at the same time. So I had a strawberry, brown cinnamon, sugar. That's a pro move right there. It was absolutely a pro move. I used to really like the strawberry ones myself. Yeah? I still, I mean, I still do like them, but I, that used to be like my sole, sole go-to. Now, I don't want this to get awkward. I don't want this to become um, potentially a problem. Uh-huh. But... At PAX, uh-huh. I bought some cherry Pop-Tarts. Yes. And I got some flack for it. Who gave you flack for it? Phil and Brandon. What's wrong with cherry Pop-Tarts? I don't know. Now, I think it's important to note the options we had where we bought them. We didn't have the full gambit of... No, no, no. CVS. Yeah. Step up your fucking game. That's right. When it comes to Pop-Tarts. So what were the options you were presented with? Um, Strawberry. Uh-huh. S'mores, yeah, cherry, okay. Those are, I think those were the three flavors of those three. I would have to say cherry would be my least favorite, but I still would enjoy it. Mm. 
my thought was I hadn't had cherry in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And last time I had it, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. So did the experience hold up? Here's the interesting thing, Ben. First pack I had, yeah, tasted chewy and nasty. Uh-huh. The next pack, perfectly fine. Wow. I don't know if it was like that pack, someone at the Pop-Tart factory like let it sit out or something and then threw it in a pack later or That's something. That's probably how it works. I don't, I don't know, man. It wasn't good. I'm sure it's not an automated process at all. No, yeah. Grant, they have a bunch of grandmas there <laughs> making right. the Pop-Tarts, and they left that one <clears throat> under the sink or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not sure why it was under the sink to begin no. with, but it yeah. stayed there. But yeah, it was actually like legitimately a very odd mm. experience for that, but it is what it is. Ben, I only have four announcements that I wanted to talk about, four news topics this week. The first one, while we were at PAX, uh-huh. there was a panel. And a new game was announced, along with some other things. Borderlands 3 has been announced. And we got a like a tweet that got deleted that said it was coming out in September. And at the bottom, it said, like, Xbox One, PS4, uh-huh. and Epic Games Store. Yeah. So potentially, we got another exclusive on our hands. We're it's not sure about entirely that. entirely possible. Uh, in addition, as of today, Wednesday... Uh, Borderlands 1 Game of the Year Edition is out on PS4 and Xbox One. Yes. If you'd like to go back to those. I I have seen a lot of people going back to them recently and talk to some people, and it makes me want to go back to them myself as well. Now, it's been so long since I've played Borderlands 1. Uh-huh. I recall when I played Borderlands 2 thinking, this game is so much better than Borderlands 1. Yeah. So... To me, it I don't just, think it's not better. Yeah, yeah. I guess it makes sense that they want to have all of them on one on the current systems, uh-huh. so people between now and then are, that are willing to spend their money to buy them all, yeah. can do that and play through all of them before Borderlands Three. Sure. So that makes sense. I just personally have no interest in going back to the first one. I'd rather just check out two again. Right. So I, I don't think, know. I think the the leaps and bounds that the second one took it from the first one, I'd, I'm, I would be very surprised if we see that from, from two to three. Yeah. So this is from Gearbox proper, not Gearbox Publishing, but actually yes. their internal dev team. And they've kind of had a rocky time the last couple years because as far as I know, is the only thing they put out this gen been Battleborn? That is entirely possible. Let's look. So, yeah, Battleborn, though, for them, was not a very big success at all. I would I would say it was not a success, not just not a very big success. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I wonder how long they've been hunkered down working on this game specifically. Um, I mean, you have to assume that it was even started before... Battleborn. Probably. I mean, dev cycles run long, and especially for bigger games like this, they're going to run even longer. So let's see. I think this might include publishing, or maybe not. No. 2014 pre-sequel, then the Handsome Collection in 2015. So we'll we'll start there. Uh, they did Homeworld, Deserts of Carrick, Battleborn in 2016. Then there was... Some of these, these are just like remasters. Bulletstorm, Duke Nukem 3D. 
They did some extra work on that one, I think. But oh, this is a, this list includes is publishing. I went to Gearbox. Never mind. Anyway, disregard what I said. But yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. What did you think of some of the trailer that that we saw? Um, I think it looks like a lot of Borderlands Two. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of more of the same, and I think that's fine. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. The trailer was showed off a lot of characters. It didn't really show any gameplay. Right. Um, so there's still a lot left up in the air. I almost feel like there's not very much to get excited about right now with this game. I think the thing about Borderlands that people have wanted for a long time is they want it to be exactly, not exactly the same, but very much the same and very fun. And the Borderlands formula just delivers that. Yeah, and I don't understand what else you could really need. Of course, I'm always open to having new, new things, and I'm sure there's going to be some. But uh, as a Borderlands fan myself, I'm totally fine with it being incredibly similar, mm. just a different story. Yeah, I don't know. I've always kind of had a hit and miss relationship with the Borderlands franchise, but I'll be watching close eye. Yeah, on this one. Curious if they're going to move to make it a more online experience, more shared world like Destiny or Anthem or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Because it just seems to be the perfect type of fit for that type of game, but also makes it probably way more difficult overall. A couple weeks ago, or maybe it was just last week, I can't even remember at this point what day it is, but Dave wrote an article called like Five Things We Want to See from Borderlands 3. Yeah. And uh, you should go check that out on handsomefandom.com. Yeah. Next one, this is all going to be speculation, but Bethesda slash Todd Howard confirmed Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6 will not be at E3. Yeah. Now, Ben, you had kind of felt this in your balls a little bit. A little bit. That this was going to be the case. I am pretty surprised that we're not seeing Starfield at this event. But I have a theory, Ben. They kind of said last year, these are a long way away. Yeah. I yeah. I kind of wonder if Starfield, if they think it's too big for E3. Hmm. Maybe they want to reveal it at another time when they get all the attention. Their own event. Maybe, but Bethesda doesn't has not historically operated like that. Mm, yeah, that's true. You th- I don't know. Not to say you can't do something different, but yeah, it would be out of character. They're still having their press conference. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll have something to show. Doom Eternal. Probably Doom Eternal, but that can't be the whole show. No, yeah. I mean, we don't know what Arcane's up to, and... We'll see more DLCs announced like we did last year. Yeah. They, for some reason, keep making um, Elder Scrolls Online. DLC yeah. must be making them money. It's definitely making them money. I just don't know how much. It's so funny about that game as I'm intrigued by because when it came out, it seemed like it was DOA. Uh-huh. People did not like it. Um, it came out, had a subscription model that is kind of a relic now and only for the most part for wow. Right. But it's kind of risen from the ashes with all these DLCs and going not needing a monthly subscription to play. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm curious about P- 
people who play that. Yeah. I've, I've never really played it. So, I mean, I played a little bit at the beginning, but. How long not... will, will, will World of Warcraft go on? I I feel like we're going to see it start waning pretty yeah. soon because the last two expansions, as far as Legion and uh, Battle for Azeroth, yeah. both saw a big uptick. Uh-huh. So Legion, big uptick, and then I think it lingered around longer than expected. And then Battle for Azeroth had a short, like, it. its uptick didn't last as long. Right. And from my understanding from our resident expert, Josh Thompson, uh-huh. who used to write for us, he was saying that it just continually stays bland and that people are starting to move away from it. Right. When is it going to completely die, though? When will they shut it down? Wow. I mean, the the classic servers haven't even come out yet. Right. Which I think that's going to be probably a pretty big deal for a lot of people. Yeah. But our friend Eric said the other day to me, he w- he wasn't going to touch it again until they brought back classic servers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm really curious about that. It's it's interesting to how the the MMO. That MMO model is almost completely gone now. Yeah. And the only ones that are left are World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy fourteen. And well, Elder Scrolls, but not in a monetization sense. So. Sure. Yeah. So here's the thing about Starfield that I was thinking is that we're we are running out of runway for PS4 uh-huh. for this game. Are we thinking it's PS5? I'm I never thought it was PS4. Okay. When when Todd Howard came out last year and said, we have another game, or it wasn't Todd Howard that said it. Maybe it was. I can't remember now. Somebody said, we have another game. It's called Starfield. Yeah. You're going to see it, but not soon. Yeah. I don't remember the exact words, but that's essentially what it was. In my head, I thought, 2022. But they have to talk about it now. Yeah. I could be way wrong. But <laughs> if we're not going to see it at E3 this year, and I strongly doubt we're going to see a special event for it. You would have to imagine that that means they're going to mention it next year in 2020. Two years is not what I would call a very long time. Maybe for a Bethesda Mm. game, I Mm. guess. I'm going to make a prediction. Okay. For the record, Starfield, our first look at the game, will be at the reveal of a next-gen console. Mm -hmm. Probably Xbox. Yeah. But either one. I'll say. Okay. I think Bethesda probably has something up their sleeve for this summer. A little inside baseball that I can't really talk about. Yeah. That you know about too. But I think there's going to be something interesting happening at the Xbox event with Bethesda. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm i really curious about what they'll do with that, um, with Starfield. Um, and I think it was kind of an interesting move to reveal it when they did. But I don't know. I don't know the strategy. Yeah. Next one is Sega Genesis. We're getting a new mini console from Sega. And I find found this move to be incredibly interesting because we've already sort of gotten mini consoles from Sega. Mm-hmm. And this one is appearing to be different because the ones in the past have been really bad yeah they work with i think it's at games uh-huh. and they've all been really terrible em- emulation but it seems like sega is bringing out the big guns for this one so it's going to include 40 legendary games as it says 
ready to plug and play. It's coming out on September 19th. It'll include two classic wired three button control pads. So it has the console, the control pads, power or whatever, and HDMI cable. It's going to come with 40 games, Mm -hmm. which is pretty stinking awesome. 40 whole games. And I think it's going to be $80. So here are the games we have so far for it. Tell me, you must say good or meh. Okay. One or one or the other. Echo the Dolphin. Are you reading all 40 of them? No, no, no. Not all 40. It's uh, three, ten. Echo the Dolphin. Never played it. Sorry, that wasn't one of your options. Castlevania Bloodlines. Good. Space Harrier 2. Good. Shining Force. You can say not Which one is this? Uh, Just Shining Force role-playing game. So it says on the box. I'm going to have to say don't know because I think I know which game it is, but I can't remember for sure. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Oh, good. Hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) Toe Jam and Earl. Good. Comic Zone. Good. Comic Zone's really cool. Sonic the Hedgehog. Good. Altered Beast. Good. Gunstar Heroes. I don't think I've played this. I'll vouch for you. It's good. Is it? Yes. So right off the bat, the first 10 are pretty much all really good. I mean, Altered Beast... It's okay. Not a very good game, yeah. but it's. I'm glad it's, it's on a there. It has to be on mm-hmm. there. So, <clears throat> I'm I'm curious about this because clearly they want to take advantage of the Super Nintendo Classic market, right? And they know that what they've put out there with at games has been not very good, right? And so I'm really curious about what the final product is, how much they're going to up their game. You have to assume we're going to see like. Sonic one two three and Knuckles right on this. Um, what other games would you maybe want to see on this, Ben? I don't know. Uh, probably like some of the Disney games. Oh, like Aladdin. Yeah, like Aladdin or Lion yeah. King or something. Um, those were always great, even though they were hard, very hard. It felt like mm-hmm. uh, I haven't played them in recent years, but um, honestly, like if you can get the whole Sonic, yeah, you can get the whole Sonic collection on there. I'm in. Um, was Mortal Kombat? Was there a Mortal Kombat on the Sega? Oh yeah, I thought so. Uh, I would love to see some fighting games Mortal that I Kombat. could actually do decently at. Mortal Kombat on Sega actually had blood, yes. unlike uh, the other one right. <coughs> on Super Nintendo. Surely we're gonna get Streets of Rage on there. Streets of Rage one and two maybe. Shinobi would be cool. Um, man, I've, there's a lot of good. Sega games. Fantasy Star. I've never played those, but that yeah. would be cool. Dude, Earthworm Jim. Yeah. We gotta have it. We gotta have it. Earthworm Jim. Yes. Although I think <laughs> I played Earthworm Jim on Superman Super Nintendo. That's okay. Yeah. Wherever you played it is fine. Yeah. Are you gonna get one of these, you think? 80 bucks. Probably not. Really? No, I mean, I have the NES classic. I have the SNES classic. I have the PlayStation Classic. I have plugged all of the men collectively twice mm. and really only played with the Super Nintendo Classic a couple times. I just, I need to stop buying things I'm not going to use. Mm. See, I almost don't even think about it as a use perspective. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of use out of all of mine, but the PlayStation Classic. Right. Um, but that one's still kind of newer right. uh, in the past couple weeks. But yeah, I kind of just want to have it to own for fun. But I actually, what's funny, I grew up a Sega kid more than Nintendo So kid. did I. I mean, I went from Nintendo to Sega 
Genesis to Super Nintendo, but so I guess I technically was both, but I don't know. I mean, I literally still have most of those games with my Sega Genesis in my attic. Yeah. I don't play now. Yeah. So why would I play the classic? I I used to be very into it. I used to be into collecting, and then I realized I've got a full house with two kids and a wife and no room to put any more of my junk. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Finally, Valve is releasing a VR headset. It's going to be called the Valve Index. It's going to ship in June, and pre-orders are going to start in May. We're getting a full reveal in May. Then if you look over to your left, you can see the photo yeah. that, they, that Valve has teased. And this is kind of an interesting development because, as far as I know, this is not in partnership with HTC. Uh-huh. This is Valve doing their own hardware. As far as the picture, we can see it has inside-out tracking. We've already seen the controllers. The Knuckles controllers have been in like development and been sent out to people to test out and stuff like that. And the one big thing I think that's interesting on the picture that they teased is an IPD adjustment. Yeah. Which we just talked about last week. Right. The Rift S does not have one of those. Well, I'm just really surprised by this because as far as I knew, Steam was not a place for half-baked tech demos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, Valve originally was not so hot on, on VR, and they've kind of changed their tune, but... I'm interested in a couple reasons. First of all, and like I said, the the lack of HTC partner partnership. Right. What's going on there? Are they They've are they been done partnered since since the beginning? Yeah, I mean, and we even saw, I believe it was last year, the the Vive Pro come out, mm-hmm. and that's kind of. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It kind of came and went. I think it's out of a lot of people's price range. It's definitely an enthusiast buy. But even then, I think that a lot of enthusiasts don't even see it as that much of an upgrade from the other, the original Vive. So I don't think uh, Valve, Valve is bringing this new VR headset. I feel like if they're going to do it, they have to be bringing something new to the market. Sure. I don't know whether this is going to be an option to say, hey, we know you don't like Oculus. We know you don't like Facebook. So here's an option from us. Yeah. That isn't going to feel slimy. I think that's a possibility. I'm just... Steam's hardware sales have never gone really that well. Yeah. Or Valve's, I should say. Yeah. And to me, it just seems like they've built this marketplace that's great. We all have our feelings about it. It's done well for a long time. I don't understand why they need to go into hardware when they have hardware providers already using their system that people are buying other than the fact that they think they can make serious cash on it. But I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I am curious um, about their tracking. I'm curious about the quality of the inside of the headset. The rumored leaked specs were like requiring a 1070. Wow. Which is a lot higher than Oculus's minimum spec at this point. Right. So, I'm wondering if we think about VR as far as generations. Currently, Oculus, Vive, are Gen 1. I wonder if we need to look at Index as Gen 2. It's true. I mean, we don't even know. There's there's talk of, like, eye tracking in VR headsets. Uh-huh. I think the Vive Pro, there's a model you can get that has eye tracking, something like that. And so there's definitely a lot of neat developments that have happened, so I'm curious what Valve will bring to the table. It's hard to say. Thank you.
Then I want to wrap up this episode by talking about packs again. Okay. We're not doing in one tweet. My reminder did work, uh-huh. but it was at Sunday at PAX, and I thought, we're tweeting out a lot of other stuff right now. Yeah. Let's just let it be. Let it be. So let's talk about, we we did our Editor's Choice episode. Uh-huh. If you haven't listened to that yet, go listen to it. It's all of our editors at PAX talking about their favorite game of the show. But Ben, it's just you and I here. A nice. Just the two of us. Imaginary candlelit conversation here mm-hmm. with some wine. Also imaginary or or whiskey, whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's and imaginary, so you can have whatever you want. I wanted to ask you about what some of the games you played. Mm-hmm. Just free flow. Whatever you want to talk about. So I played My Friend Pedro. Yes. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, My Friend Pedro, speaking of free flow, feels very freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you're doing parkour through you know uh, side-scrolling buildings. Uh, got a couple guns and a banana who's your friend. And I think he might be imaginary, but I'm not sure. His yeah. name is Pedro, though. And... I don't know. It's just a, it's a very f- frantic experience, I think you could say, uh, but also a lot of strategy, uh, hiding behind cover, rolling, uh, dodging, kicking up tables, that kind of thing. Uh, I think that's going to be a great one. It's yeah, gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we played one. Just accidentally fell into it. The developer was like, "Hey, play our game," um, called the Forgotten City. Yeah, uh, that seems like it's going to be great. It's basically a a Skyrim mod. I, it's okay, based yeah. off a Skyrim mod. Um, I don't know exactly how that all works because I'm not a developer, but I know that it feels like it's er, like it's early on in development. But everything else is amazing. Like, yeah, I just mean like the controls were a little spongy and stuff like that. Um, basically, you're going through and you find this portal. And this portal can basically transport you back in time and you can continue to do all these places in a loop. And for instance, here's just one example. You go, you find this doctor. She's upset her patient has died. So you grab this medicine, go back in time and come back and help save the patient. Yeah. So basically it's time travel, but also if you do anything wrong at all, everybody in the city, like all the guards in the city turn against you and attack you and everybody dies. Everybody dies for the sins of one person, basically. Yikes. So you got to run away real fast. And that was terrifying. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Then I played a game called Windjammers 2. Yes, you did. And Windjammers 2 was pretty cool, but I don't really know what to say about it other than it has a new uh, inset. It's not a pixelated art style like the original. It's like more cartoony looking, kind of 90s cartoony mm-hmm. looking. There's some new abilities in there. Like you can jump to try to like deflect something yeah um and there's like some new supers and new characters but overall it just felt like more wind jammers in a new modern way so that was pretty cool um i played control yes you did from remedy and i really really enjoyed it nice the demo wasn't spectacular in that it was a open like just explore this part of a level and there wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't a clear goal that just kind of gave you some pointers of some stuff to look at. Uh-huh. Some of it was really trippy. Yeah. It was like a, a room that like was constantly shifting and like a maze. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the enemies are super weird. Like there was this guy that was like a floating wheelchair that was trying to attack me. Hmm. One of them was just like an orb. So definitely 
weird stuff going on in this game. Right. The gameplay was very cool in that you have like levitation powers. So you can make yourself fly around. You can pick stuff up and throw it at enemies. But I really enjoyed what I played. And I think that studio, honestly, I'll play anything they put out sure. at this point. Yeah. So really enjoyed Control. I have two more, Ben. But Go I want. Oh, I was going to I didn't know if you were. I was thinking back and forth. Oh, sorry. I went two. You go two. Okay. Yeah. So I just went two, though. Oh. So Windjammer's in control. <laughs> You're right. Dang. I played a nice little game called Kunai. Yeah. It's brand new. Um, just newly announced. I think the arcade crew was helping to publish it. Uh, basically, it's a game where the AI rises up and you're a little tablet. The gamers rise up. The, the gamers rise the up. The games rise the up. The games rise up. Dang. Technology all rises up and you are a little tablet who wears a cape and you're going around trying to destroy them. The cool thing, I mean, it's it's almost it's almost a Metroidvania. Um, but you are picking up, you know, upgrades to yourself and finding new ways to navigate. Um, yeah. But in the demo, I mean, you get to pick up a katana. Uh, you get a couple of these kunai, which are essentially like, I don't know what they were originally used for. I think they were originally like hunting utensils or something. Yeah. Um, but you can shoot them and use them like grappling hooks, but you have one in each arm. Um, there's machine guns. There's a dash mechanic. Like, it's all a lot of fun. And just the whole uh, the whole gimmick of it being technology rising up is just fun. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun. And I nearly... Like gave it game of the game of editor's choice, right? Um, but Pedro just kind of squeaked out right over it. Yeah, but that's I don't know how long away that is. It's probably next year. Um, it's just very new in development. <coughs> There's sorry about that. There's another game uh, called Blood Roots that we played, which almost reminds me of a Hotline Miami, but a little bit different. It's not quite the same, but but it is very much like. You run around, basically one hit, you're going to die, but your goal is to, like, figure out the puzzle of taking out enough enemies in <laughs> one area um, to progress, and you can't progress until you do that. Yeah. And that's the game we gave our game of the show from Handsome Phantom 2. Right, yeah. yeah. What's interesting about Blood Roots, I thought, was how you can, like, pick up anything yes. and use it as a weapon. So I, like, took out some dudes with a carrot. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. It is. But... Yeah, and I liked how sometimes every once in a while you get like almost like a little not a cutscene, but a close up of someone yeah. getting killed yeah. in a really gruesome way. I'll just talk about one more. Okay. There's one I want to, but it's embargoed for some reason. So yeah, we'll weird. talk about it in in the weeks to come. But anyway, this is what I gave my editor's choice. It's called Sayonara Wild Hearts. Uh -huh. It was announced at the Game Awards. It's described as a rhythm pop video game or a pop music video game. Excuse me. So it was very, it's very cool. It's very colorful. You're riding on a motorcycle. It kind of plays like a mix between res and some like rhythmic QTE stuff. So you're riding on the motorcycle, collecting hearts, and you're taking out other motorcycle gangs. Very bright uh -huh. neon pinks and blues. And of course, this amazing pop music soundtrack yes. in the background. We have a gameplay video up. We are one of two gameplay videos that I can find on YouTube, and ours is a little bit better. It's better framing and whatnot. Better framing, better uh, positioned. So yes. I recommend checking that out uh, just to get the the 
it's such a hard game to describe exactly but i think now that i've kind of like it does remind me of res yeah that you're playing through like a song right, right. as a level so but yeah i i really enjoyed it it's coming from annapurna interactive and Smogo, i believe yeah mm-hmm. Smogo. so they did a game called device six and some other iphone stuff and so they're kind of taking it to the next level which i found out i was doing some research today just two dudes yeah and i think they have composer that's and, pretty cool and that's it making this game so i saw quite a few and uh not quite a few but i thought of another cyber shadow uh-huh. that we checked out from being published by yacht club and then i can't remember the name of the developer but just one guy yep making this game and a composer right doing the music and the composer is from shovel knight i thought he said he was working with the composer from shovel knight you might be right, but I'm pretty sure he said he had done some of the music for Shovel Knight. Oh, okay. Well, either way. Um, yeah, that game was was very cool, too. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking more about it. I'm like, I don't know if this game is doing anything incredibly new or even mixing old stuff together. Right. But what it's doing, it's doing very well. Yeah. When I think of Shovel Knight, I think about how it's mixing, it's blending all of these NES 2D side scrollers right. into one ultimate thing and that makes it fresh and new yeah so i'm curious to see once we see more of cyber shadow if it's gonna s- kind of come into its own right. a little bit yeah so I doubt it ben yeah that's all i have to talk about this week we out we out here and we done so thank you everybody what were you gonna say <laughs> i'm just laughing at what you said oh yeah sometimes yeah. i say dumb stuff anyway thanks everybody for listening we appreciate it as we've been talking about, PAX was awesome uh, last week. So make sure to go to handsomefam.com. Literally the last two pages on the site are all of our previews and also on Handsome Phantom or our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash handsomephantom. So go there. We got lots of videos as well. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. But leave us a rating and a review here on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. You can join our Discord, YouTube. Dang, the, the tiredness is getting to me at this point. <laughs> Handsomefam.com slash Discord is where you can join that. And finally, if you want to try to help us out financially, you can do so without giving us money. All you got to do is shop on Amazon using our affiliate link. That's handsomefandom.com slash Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it throws a couple dollars here and there from your order, throws it into our account, and that helps us pay for various things. That's right. Helps us out. Ben, did you have a good time? I had a great time. Are you just are you going right home after this, or you have more no, stuff to do? No. Dang it. I have more stuff to do. I feel bad. Lots of stuff to do. Well, I hope eventually you make it home tonight. We'll see. At some point. Yeah. But um, get, get, get a good night's sleep. I'll try. Try to do that. Until next time, we'll see everybody later. <laughs>